but I think that there is because of that pressure to like make it at 23 and already be successful. I would encourage you to, and I think people, some people will debate me on this, but extend your timeline. All right. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Stick Talk podcast. This is a special episode, dude. It's a long time in the making. Uh, we're here with someone who just was super inspiring to Christian and I growing up doing Real Talk University and first getting into the podcast game. You're basically, dude, like a, a celebrity on LinkedIn <laughs> growing up, like a legit celebrity. I I'm mean, you were guy. interviewing guys yeah. like Grant Cardone, Dan Locke, Robert Green, Mark Manson. Who are yeah. some of the other names you mentioned? Christian, Ryan Serhant, just yeah. legends. And sure. as a 20, 21 year old, yeah. you did a live podcast with James Altucher. Mm. Just like, dude, we were looking at you as like, this is like Mr. Hollywood in the podcast yeah. space. Um, and so, dude. Thanks for being on the show. I'm excited to dive into more of your story. Um, and as we talk about those episodes and those names, you kind of reference it as like a past life. Yeah, totally. Which is so crazy because you're yeah. only 25. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's talk to us about it's that. It's completely a past life. And thanks for having me, guys. It's so good to of course, be yes, with sir. you in this freaking cathedral. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't even like identify with that person anymore uh, and there were a lot of aspects of that person that I liked and then and then I think there's a lot of aspects of that person that I didn't like and which was ultimately the reason why I stopped as I was kind of uh, alluding to before we got on here for me at that point in my life it was all a self-image pursuit like I was and I always use the term to borrowed credibility you know and I was describing it as a good thing and speaking about it publicly, which was probably not a good look now that I think about it. But um, I was basically borrowing other people's credibility to up my own credibility. If I'm seen with this person or that person and that person, it becomes indisputable, my fame and credibility. And that's what I was after. I, I was assuredly, I assure you, I was after fame. Yeah. Uh, and it would have been interesting to... As I think about it now, as we're talking about it, it would have been interesting to see where that path took me had I not stopped. Um, I, probably two years and nine months in is when I started taking a big hiatus. I had about a two-year break um, before I started re-releasing episodes recently. Rebranding. Yeah, but yeah, I wonder where it would have taken me. Uh what went into that decision? Was it just like a cold turkey, like all of a sudden, like I don't want to do this anymore? Yeah. It was built, I think it was building up for a while where it just felt like week in and week out to put something out on Monday felt like a chore. Yeah. And I was starting to, I was at that time, I guess 22 years old. I think I maybe started it when I was 19, 20, 21. Those were like, 2021 was like the heyday yeah. of it. And I, I started uh, around 22, I, I, and I guess like that's the most, I think 18 to 21 is when your ego is most active in life. Mm -hmm. So I think it was almost like a natural thing for me at 22, 23 to start being like, okay, I've got maybe bigger, different fish to fry. You know, mm -hmm. where are your priorities really? And so, yeah, I think that's what, what prompted the change. I started feeling like a chore, and I started questioning my myself and why I was doing it. Yeah. And ultimately I didn't I didn't like myself for the reasons that I was doing it. 
not not to say we have a similar experience, but Christian and I, like, we did a podcast for a while, uh, similar to yours. It's called Real Talk University. Yep. And same thing. We were like, we got to get the biggest guest. Yeah. And then it just got to a point where I'm like, I want to be someone that other people want to interview as well. Like you said, I don't want to just be riding the coattails of, hey, let's go get these big name guests. I want to be a big name guest that yeah. other podcasters go out and get, which is where we kind of, you know, flip the script yeah. and go and pursue our own career. So what was that like for you? Like, where did you turn to immediately? Well, first off, actually, I do want to go back to that. I, I think that it wasn't just, and it is interesting, our names are very similar, Growth Mindset University, <laughs> Real Talk University. <laughs> uh, but, and we obviously, you and I have an interesting history there with you <laughs> yeah. asking to be a guest on my show and me laughing you out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, Rightfully so, bro. I was, <laughs> no, no. And, and I appreciate uh you know, I appreciate that you don't. Uh, I didn't have you know, the blue check yet. That nowadays, <laughs> but anyway, I think that that was really a trend back then, like getting the biggest guests. Let me tell you where I got it from. Why I started doing that. I saw a gentleman, and I don't know where he is today. I hope he's doing well. Mark Metry, and I'm yes. sure you remember that name. Yep. He had a, a podcast called Humans 2.0, and funny, we've gone on an interesting. Last I've heard of him, he changed his show name two times as well. The way. Uh, you know, I, we, we both like stopped and rebranded. So I don't know. I'd be interested to talk to him again. But I think that was the thing. And people would talk about, oh, I got this person. I got this person. It was like, you know, taking, you know, I, I'm possessing. We were treating people like material objects to obtain. Mm -hmm. And that was all very gross, too. And I didn't like the conversations I was having in that, in that regard with other podcasters doing that as well. I, I fell out of love with it. I became disillusioned. Yeah. But anyway, your question. <laughs> Dude, I love the honesty. Seriously, that's what people Thanks. tune in for. And so I appreciate you right out of the yeah. gates. Just being super vulnerable and, and real. Sure. Super sure. respectful, dude. Sure. So how are you going about landing Grant Cardone, Brian Serhant? Yeah, dude. I'd love to and hear that story. Yeah, you, you, I know why you're bringing this up. Because, uh, <laughs> because the attribution source of those guests that we were just talking about, Christian, is... Cold email. <laughs> Let's well, go. I, 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 we were talking. I don't think you guys were in the room, but if I were to look back, if I had a CRM of all the podcast guests I've had with, you know, what, what was the attribution source for each? And I was just imagining on the car right here, what would be the, what would the pie charts look like? <laughs> and I said uh, that it would probably be about 70% cold email. Wow. And then I said 30% referrals, intros, but, but now I'm going to redact that it would be like 20% referrals and intros and then maybe 10% people asking to come on. Classic. Yeah. So cold email. And I would, it, I had a, a, a very simple formula. And I actually, <laughs> I had, I'm just, I'm just remembering this now. I had a cold email course. No way. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> but I wouldn't call it that. Yeah, it yeah. was a how to land your dream guests mm. on your podcast course that basically you paid $7 <laughs> for admission, which you can still do. Yeah. If you go to, so the, the main course, which is a really high-end production, it's jordanparis.com slash course, how to do a podcast, which, which, by the way, that was back in 2018. It's kind of outdated now, but there's some core things there. Yep. The, attach, you can probably find the email course on that page somewhere if you go there. But anyway... Yeah, it was, if you pay access to that for $7, it was, you have access to, like, these three templates. And it was basically the initial email, 
follow up email one, follow up email two. Like, there's no video, nothing, just the raw templates. Hence why it was $7. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was obviously like showing them that I've actually paid attention to who they are mm. as a person and showing, proving that I've consumed their content. And I'm not just reaching out as some, some fanboy. You know, in a way, maybe it came off as fanboyish, but I think showing that I actually understood the nuance of what they were talking about in their books or mm. podcasts or et cetera, I think that that won me a lot of brownie points, among other things. Who was your favorite interview from that era? Um, you know, I think, and Andre always talks about it, but the James Altucher live interview in New York had an audience of like 20 people in, so uh, cool. what was it, Stand Up New York, which is this famous comedy club that he owned part of at the time. I think he's since moved to Florida. I don't know if he owns that part of it anymore. But, yeah, he, I think he's in Florida. I wonder That's where. Cool. Should, guys should connect with him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't still have a, an in, but that would be a cool interview. But anyway, what was the question? Favorite no, guest. Yeah, oh, favorite. favorite guest. Yeah, so I think that one was really cool just for the live audience aspect of it. And then a Q&A session. It was really cool. Yeah. And then, and that's why when you guys had the, you announced the, the town hall, like. Podcast event. I don't know what the status of that is, but I got excited about yeah. that, thinking about, like, the engagement, fan Q&A, yeah. audience Q&A at the end. Other than that, I'd say Grant Cardone was a really interesting one. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, he, the first thing he said, we get on, he's like, he's like, don't threaten me, bro. <laughs> no. Don't threaten me. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't planning on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. And then uh, really what I always enjoyed, the gracious guests, you know, sometimes and rightfully so. I was a 20 year old kid. <laughs> You know, talking with really successful person, X, Y, Z, whomever. And, you know, very rare, but it happened. They come on and they're condescending. They're not taking you seriously. Yeah. And you know that, that, that there's a certain type of energy. And to be fair, I was so full of myself at that time that when I would go on other people's podcasts, that was the energy that I had, honestly. Yeah. Like, I'm better than you this and this. And it, it was really high and mighty. I didn't, like I said, I didn't like that version of myself. So, uh, yeah, uh, gracious guests that come to mind are like Dan Locke. Like, oh, my gosh, I love when people just bring the freaking energy yeah. and the heat. Even when, you know, they don't know how many listeners of the show there are. I think at the time of Dan Locke, maybe there were 500. Yeah. Like, not many at all, but he's bringing the heat. <laughs> and I appreciate, like, we're talking like peers, and I appreciate That's that. That's cool. And then later on, you know, we had, we had a few thousand listeners regularly, and... I think the highest was Grant Cardone, and that was about 10,000. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. Humble brag. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Got a point there. Uncle G. Yeah, so that's so cool. I like how you're reflecting on your past self mm. and kind of critiquing mm. your past self as if it's a different guy. Like, how have, you, how have you been able to look back on your past self and realize, you know, I was young and immature, and now I feel more of a sense of maturity and humble and humility? I don't feel like a lot of people can have that mm. honesty to look back and be like, yeah, I wasn't the best person back then. You know, I think, I think that I always, I've always had a tendency to do that. And I, I feel like, I don't know if it was you, but may, maybe you've talked about this. Maybe it was someone else that if you don't look back on your past self from six months ago 
and think like, like <laughs> yeah, who is this guy? Yeah. Like that's a bad sign in yeah. terms of like growth, mm. especially at our stage in our 20s. So I think that that's part of it. But uh, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just a completely different person that I don't even recognize that. Was there a moment that sparked that where you woke up? You're like, all right, I'm kind of in this for the wrong reasons. No, yeah, it was gradual, gradual. You know, like I said, starting to feel like a chore. And and then slowly but surely the doubt week in and week out starts creeping in more and more like a like a cold front coming in and approaching, you know, the coast of Florida. It got closer and closer (laughs) or like a hurricane. This was, you know, this tore up. You know, my identity, identity. Like, I, I started over very much after that, made a big pivot and change in my life. So, yeah, just gradual. And you've done that a couple of times, right? We we're talking about some of the different instances in your life where you've had to start over. What Which does that look bad. like for you? I, I don't and I don't like that sometimes, too. I, I, I do wonder, you know, if I had stuck with one thing seven years ago, mm. like a lot of people in, I think, the industry that that we know, or, you know, not every, I think a lot of people make a lot of pivots, but there are people that I look at, you know, who kind of came up with us in our generation of entrepreneurship, or you guys are actually a little, two years younger than me, I think, but I wonder, you know, if I stuck with like the first or second thing, you know, where would it be today? I think that largely the pivots have hurt me. I think that you lose momentum. But you didn't like it, so I feel like that oh, yeah. outweighs yeah, yeah. You know, the, oh, that yeah. perspective. Oh, yeah. With each iteration, I'm just getting closer to, like, my thing. Because I'm very much, I've been learning about myself and what I like. And honestly, guys, like, up until December of 2021, so basically last year, a year and a <laughs> half ago, I wasn't in flow with any of my work. I was running a podcast production agency, which some might think, like, oh, you know, podcaster like yeah this is probably something you enjoy doing i was never in flow with that it was never like a fun agency for me like no part of it was flowy Mm. and it wasn't until i settled on where i am now in the operations side of agency life building systems where i've like just been in this constant flow for the past year and a half and it's like oh now i've learned about who i am as a person It, it makes so much sense because it just goes back to who I was as a child. Because I feel like I'm playing video games again. <laughs> and I very Building much... Building Legos. Yeah, or that, that too. Like, yeah, I very much played with Legos. Or the same way that I would build, a, start a franchise in Madden 04 <laughs> and play that for yeah. 20 years yeah. up until 2024. <laughs> or like MLB 2K yep. and do a franchise. You played... The t- Dude, 2K, MLB 2K was good. They stopped making that in like 11 or something. I wish always was the show, yeah. The, then it, now it's the show, they did, which they didn't have for Xbox Bro, During at the COVID, time. I was in a Madden League. All 32 teams were user-controlled. Wow. A Facebook group, and once a day you would play them. It was so fun. Wow. That sounds so cool. It was. It was. Wouldn't, probably wouldn't have moved at the pace I would have wanted to, though, because I'll do 20 years in 30 days. <laughs> like, I never on, played the game. You go on beginner and like, you go 16 and 0 every yeah. year. Right? But very much like the way that you, I would construct a roster year in, year out, and stock draft picks, and yep. move pieces around, and manage money. 
now I feel like I'm doing that with the systems that I design. That's so cool. And the business that I'm building. And so, it's fun. So talk about what that actually looks like, because I'm sure a lot of people are listening and saying, what are systems? Like, yeah. What type of businesses is this for? How does this actually help people? Because yeah. I can tell you guys firsthand, this guy is a lifesaver for a lot of people. In a lot of ways, he gives people their life back. Mm-hmm. So just dive a little deeper into what that actually looks like, what type of businesses is for, and yeah. where you step in. Yeah, and you could, you know, people in client ascension, like uh, when you say got, get their life back, I think of Anthony Marsilio, mm. who... Um, I love you know, Anthony. He, oh, he's such a cool personality. He's got such, the greatest energy. Yeah. Oh, just is. the best, most positive yeah. like energy. That I love that guy. He was getting phone calls from clients and texts, week day in, day out, every weekend, like fielding client phone calls. Now, look, when we come in and build systems for your business, like that problem isn't fixed overnight. It's like. It's not like, hey, spend $10,000 with me and you're pro- we're going <laughs> to give you these systems. And then in three weeks when you have these systems, like you're going to be good to go. You're never going to receive a client phone call again. <laughs> but like we're building, and we'll get into the specifics, but we're building for businesses the foundation, the infrastructure, the foundation for which they can then plug people into their business. And it's a foolproof and repeatable process, kind of like a McDonald's or a Starbucks mm. that anybody can follow. It's foolproof. Because there's attached to every single deliverable in, in the agency. You can see your deliverables four months out. And they all have who, what, how, when. Everything all defined. And I'm just doing a little bit of a feature dump here. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, every deliverable has the what, right? The deliverable. The who. Who's the deliverable owner? Who's the manager? The when. What's the start date? What's the due date? And then the how, which is like preferably an automatically attached SOP. That's how you build a foolproof and repeatable business, which when you make your business more repeatable, it makes your business more valuable in the eyes of For investors if you ever want to. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you just interviewed uh, the author of Built to Sell, which yeah. you mentioned is one of your favorite business books. Likewise, like talk us through that system, right? Like building systems makes your business more valuable. To me, it's almost like building systems make your makes your business a business. Yeah, yeah. Right? I feel like you yeah. don't really have... A business without repeatable processes and systems. So maybe talk about just how you think of that. Yeah. Well, and, and that's uh, John Warlow, Built to Sell. <laughs> Highly recommend. If you run a business, especially in our space, because it's a business fable about an agency. Yeah. Not a digital one, but an agency. So it's immensely valuable. Whether you want to sell your business or not, you have to get that book. Absolutely. Um, so... Anyhow, a question. <laughs> just how yeah. do you think of just a business and systems? Like, what does mm. that look like? How do you go from having maybe just a freelancer agency to mm. an actual business that someone would put a value on? Yeah, I would say like the first tactical step that anybody can do is build what I call a templated project plan. And that's basically steps A through Z from day one to day 180 of what happens on day one, day two, day three, like what, what are, what's every single little deliverable that happens from day one to day 180 and beyond even if you want to go that far. Uh, and so a lot of times as we see in agencies, this will be a, a 40 or 50 or sometimes 70 step templated yep. project plan, every little thing that happens. So that's the first step to making your fulfillment a more repeatable process. And then once you have those, 
like it doesn't even have to be anywhere special like Airtable or ClickUp or wherever. Like you can just write it out as a helpful exercise to even if you you're the only person in your business right now, like to just have that listed out. Like I've done consulting one off, which I don't usually do. But when I get people to do that, they're like, oh, my gosh, this gives me so much confidence so much more confidence in my delivery. Like, yep. now I know exactly what's happening next. I don't have to think on my feet, like, oh, we're doing this next. Once you have every step outlined, it's then very easy to record an SOP or a training for each little deliverable, which you can then plug people into, uh, and yeah. they can fulfill the product or service for you. Dude, I remember maybe like a year ago or a couple of months ago, we got on a call to reconnect after yeah. some time. Yeah. And he was legit showing me on the screen exactly what he's telling you guys here, which is like an air table with like a 180-day roadmap for what happens when you sign a client. It's like three days later, four days later, seven days yeah. later. And it's like the step. There's a document attached that shows how to do the step. There's like a person assigned to the step. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Dude. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And building that was just the time of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like... I wish I could go back and like rebuild this stuff, you know? <laughs> so that, that's why it's like, whenever I get to work with a new type of agency. It's exciting. Yeah. You know, typically I'm not the one fulfilling, obviously. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what my whole <laughs> business is about. But whenever we, like for example, the first time that we signed on a lead generation agency was about a year ago at this point. And so I got to build systems for a lead generation agency. And that was like, oh my gosh, it was so <laughs> fun. So, you know, I've done most types of agencies out there at this point. So I don't know how many more types there are, but man, like I'm itching for like a new type of project that I can just, I can personally lead and get in flow with. But anyway. So when you, how old were you when you went from the podcast to the, the agency game, like systems yeah. and stuff? I, I mean, I've been in the agency space for really a long time, probably since 2018. Right. Um, but I stopped producing the podcast regularly in i think march of 2021 so yeah. i guess when was the just to rephrase the question when was the moment what year was it when you realized i don't want to do this podcast anymore this isn't my career i want to pivot to something new is that yeah. like 2020 2021 oh damn. yeah so you were 23 <laughs> at that point yeah i guess i was yeah what are you thinking about christian leaving so, us no, how do you? <laughs> so yeah. like, I'm about 23. So like, so my time's up. Taking my talents somewhere else. Yeah. So what do you what do you say to somebody that's you know 22, 23 right now, and they don't really know what they want to do mm. for a living? Because Dude. for you, you already had something established, and you scrapped it and went back to zero to do something else. Talk about yeah. you know why everyone has their own timeline and yeah. not to yeah man don't into anything. don't be afraid to be Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Nah. <laughs> don't be afraid to have to wait until 65 until you make it. Like, I think there's a lot of pressure because you guys are so young <laughs> and you've got this big business, right? <laughs> and multiple great businesses. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people our age that are very successful that, you know, awesome, right? Yep. But I think that there is, because of that pressure to like make it at 23 and already be successful. So... I would encourage you to, and I think people, some people will debate me on this, but extend your timeline. Because I think a lot of people, especially in entrepreneurship, they will die of a broken heart. You know, and I, f I think it's good to great. Jim Collins talks about this in particular. He had lunch 
with a uh, somebody who was a prisoner of war in the 70s in Vietnam oh, wow. or something like that. And he said that the people who didn't make it, they were the ones that would say, oh, we'll be out by Christmas, we'll be out by summer, we'll be out by this, per this time. And they quite literally would die of a broken heart because they were let it down. wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't happen at that point. So don't let your entrepreneurial dreams be crushed uh, by heartbreak. You know, you expected it like, I mean, dude, when I was 18, I mean, to think that, and I think in a lot of, I think the perception was that at 22 I had made it. But I, you know, financially I actually hadn't. I was optimizing for fame, not money. Yep. Um, but to think that my bank account wouldn't show a million dollars at 22, like, I would have been like, are you serious? <laughs> you know, so yeah, don't let your entrepreneurial dreams be crushed by a broken heart because you're expecting it to happen sooner than it actually will. Yeah. It sucks to see that happen so mm. often, especially today. And, and I think programs like Client Ascension, it kind of, in a way, is the cause of that. Mm. Because you see these programs that promise these insane results in such a short time period that it almost is programming the market to make that the norm. And if you don't see those results, there's something wrong with you mm. or you're not doing the right yeah. thing. And I've been there. I so, know what that yeah, feels like. It's terrible. Yeah. And just it's even worse to see people give up after going through something like that. Yeah. And so I love what you said is just expand the time horizon. Yeah. Um, but I guess a, a more practical question that I've always battled with is how do I know? How's the Yeo, bro? <laughs> How's the Yeo? I like it. Good, good. Can I we crack open the Can we just explain the Yeo for a second here? Sorry, I know, <laughs> no, you're good. I got the question. Yeah, these are, uh, my girlfriend insisted on bringing an offering, my lovely Asian girlfriend, um, chrysanthemum tea drink straight from the, uh, where is it? It's, we were just at, um, it's called Oceanic, uh, it's this Asian grocery store around here. It's like right it's around the block. Very cool. Yeah. That's how I open up most of my text message conversations. Yo. Yo. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. This is much more pleasant than slonking eggs. Oh, this tastes really good. It's like very lightly nice. sweet and tea. Yeah. It's nice. Oh, and dude, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's Especially great. on ice, too. So typically you'll have like, not typically, but a lot of times we'll have chrysanthemum tea with rock sugar. It's literally like a... a yeah, it's like, it's like a, a crystal-looking <laughs> rock, and you, know, you pour the tea in, the hot tea, and, and uh, you got the rock sugar, and it'll slowly melt, and then you can put ice in it. It's nice. It's nice. So it tastes like, it tastes like the rock sugar is that's what I'm cool. tasting right now. Yeah, yeah dude, that's, a, that's refreshing. Appreciate you bringing those. Also, nobody's going to be able to spell chrysanthemum. <laughs> that's <laughs> they're looking this it's up. a tough word. <laughs> Throw it in the show yeah. notes. Uh, what was your question, though? So my question was like, okay, there's a lot of instances where you're like, okay, expand the time horizon, right? And then where my mind goes, and I know a lot of others as well, is like, if this doesn't work and I do it for so mm. long, like, how do I know I'm in the right opportunity vehicle? Because the biggest fear, at least that I had yeah. coming up, is like, if I'm spending all this time, seven years in the wrong thing, yeah. and, it, and it is the wrong thing, yeah. and I'm playing the long time horizon, and it's just not, not ever going to work anyways... <clears throat> How do you kind of evaluate the opportunity vehicle? Do you feel like you're playing video games? 
or whatever it was when you were a child. I, I, mm. I'm a big believer in connecting with your, who you were as a child. Uh, and a lot of, I, I'm constantly striving to reconnect with that person. And that's a lot of times, I mean, we were talking last month about how, um, or a couple of months ago about how I like to spend a month with my parents every year. Yeah. I just got back from that last week. That's awesome. Um, so I was up where I grew up in Pennsylvania. And I think that's why I like to spend a month there every year because there are things that I, I drive by or books, you know, Dr. Sousa that put me in that frame of mind of who I was as a child. But anyway, yeah, do you feel like you're playing video games or whatever it was that you really enjoyed doing as a child? Um, I, I think if it has some connection to who you were as a child, then that's really a, a, good, a good sign. sign. Yeah. And really what I'm getting at there, how do you dumb that question down, make it simpler, more relatable for people? Are you in flow with what you are doing? Yeah. Yeah. Do you really enjoy it? Yeah. Do you get lost in it? So maybe talk about a day in the life of when you're not in flow versus a day mm. in the life of when you are in flow, just to make it more mm. tangible for the audience. Yeah, a day in flow is like, you know, your body is so excited that it wakes you up at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> to like build this thing that you've been thinking about or do this thing that you just can't wait to do next and you, you, you couldn't. It was so hard last night to sign off of the computer because you were so having so much fun and your body just wakes up early the next day to, to do it. And you're like thinking about it as you're falling asleep like that. That's flow. a good sign. And then when you're not in flow is, of course, when it just feels like you're going through the motions and you're not there's no particular thing that you're ever doing in the business that you enjoy mm. at all. Um, now, at the same time, I think that there's a caveat to make here because that thing that you really enjoy, the reason that you started the business, the reason why I started my business, ZeusOS.co, that's Z-E-U-S-O-S.co. Forward slash Forward slash, yes. yes. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Nick Burge, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was channeling. Really that. <laughs> but anyway, the reason that you started the business, that thing that you love doing, if you continue doing that thing forever, then you're just a freelancer, and that's not a good thing. You, it's a good reason to start a business, but you, you have to be careful to not stay attached to that forever. Yep. Um, and I think it's a, it's, it's a little bit heartbreaking in a way to break off, you know, because I've been out of fulfillment for about a year. I really haven't touched that. And it's been a little bit heartbreaking I do kind of long for those days again. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if you want to keep doing that, like just go be a freelancer. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. You can do that. But that's not the decision that I've made. It is very uh, enjoyable, though, seeing now, like building a team, right? That's where, for me, it gets yeah. super fun. Yeah. Like the you're culture, building your mountain team. People ops. Yeah. Right? You're building your, your team. Yeah. And the people that you surround yourself with. It's, I love the people side of the business. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Some people hate it. Mm. <laughs> Some well, look, people are like, leave me alone. <laughs> if I ran a 100-person organization, which I don't, maybe I would feel yeah. that way. I don't know. Yeah. 
yeah. smaller operation. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the caveat I would put on it is even if your business is focused around something that you love to do, it's inevitable that you're going to have to do mm -hmm. shit that you don't like to do. Yeah. For a certain period of time. Yeah. And that's why when you mentioned like sometimes programs like Client Ascension are the reason why people think short-sighted. But the good thing that we yeah. do is we're very realistic about the inputs that have to go into it. And even if you don't like sales, you're going to have to learn sales. Yeah. Because if you don't have lead flow yet, you can't hire a salesperson. Yeah. And you're going to have to be able to close at a 25% rate with cold traffic before you can realistically yeah. outsource that to somebody. Yeah. So I think it's about, um, yes, doing something where you can be proud of the work that you do and enjoy overseeing the high-level tasks that your business is focused around. But also being realistic and realizing I'm going to have to do shit I don't want to do. I can yeah. sprint through it. And as long as I'm working with somebody like Jordan who can help me systemize it and document it properly, mm. that doesn't have to be a year long thing. Right. That can yeah. be you can accomplish that over the course of months. And mm. I feel like that's why so many people give up is they're stuck too long yeah. doing shit they don't like to do. They're afraid to delegate mm. and they're not quick enough to go to people like us to yeah. say, hey, help me out. I don't like doing this. How can I get out of it as quickly yeah. as possible? Because in reality, if you're talking to people who have already gone through that, it may only be a couple months of mm. hard work they have to put in. Now, Dan, the ultimate hack is having a partner or partners in yeah, your case. I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> to, to, yeah, to own those areas of the business that you don't want to own, that you're not in flow with, that you would prefer not to do. It is tough as a solo founder. And however, you know, if you're not operations inclined, we're basically your operations focused co-founder. Like we're your COO. Like that's why Zeus exists. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Such a good model. What's the the name behind it? Zeus. Oh. Just crazy. Like Zeus badass. is the god of all gods. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, one of my new team members yesterday on our weekly rocket fuel meeting, he said, Happy Father's Day. Oh no, that was today actually. Today's Monday. Gosh. <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> yeah. It's like a past life. <laughs> but <laughs> it was. It's like a different day. But anyway. He said, happy Father's Day. I'm not a father. I was like, I said, I'm not a father. It's <laughs> like, he's a new team member. I was like, I guess he doesn't know. He's like, Zeus. <laughs> I'm like, so, yeah, I'm the father of Zeus, who is the god of gods. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Nothing crazy behind the name. Yeah, That's like, yeah maybe I hired the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love the energy. Well, so happy like, Father's Day, man, you're fired. Agen agency systems, daddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that should be your new, like, Twitter YouTube. Bio. I've YouTube thought about slogan. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. So going into like some more tactical stuff here, you talked about like rocket fuel meeting, mm. building a team, hiring. I know uh, you built out an entire section of content in client ascension. That's just so freaking good, dude. Dude, I learned so much you. from those videos. Thanks Selfishly, I'm like watching them myself. I'm like, yeah, this is fire. Hey, look, let me take a pause here. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> is like the nicest guy <laughs> that I know. Like he's, dude, you're such, you're such a, a, a builder upper of, of people. Oh, I like, appreciate it, bro. Except you me, hype people up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that would hap that's what happens when you get too close to Andre the True <laughs> yeah, Color yeah. Show. But yeah, man, and I just want to acknowledge oh, that you, part of you. Like, I appreciate it. You're, I, I just love the way that you support other people. Appreciate it, dude. Mm. Seriously, thank you. Thank you, bro. Um, and likewise, like, I feel like we have such relatable stories and, and personalities, which is why I feel like we get along really well. 
But anyways, you built out this entire section of client ascension, which talk about me, you know, giving the people you just gave back to the community you paid to be in, which I just think is just the most amazing thing with valuable, valuable content. So talking to business owners out there, I think the number one thing that comes up is when do I hire? Who do I hire? Mm. How do I hire? Right. These are all questions that come up and people just can never crack the code. And I feel mm. like you've cracked it. And so maybe dive in a little bit to your strategy there. First off, a really good book to buy on this subject. You know what I'm going to recommend. I think you've read it as well. Is Who by Jeff Smart and Randy Street. Very good book. Mm -hmm. Not to be confused with Who, Not How, which is also another really good book, kind you know, tangentially related to yep. hiring. So, yeah, when it's always like, you know, people are looking for like a capacity equation. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just think very logically about like realistically, not just like, oh, I want to hire someone because it's like, you know, it's a sexy idea. Like, let me hire someone. Let me hire my first person, my second person. <laughs> like, seriously think about how much work um, is going to be available for them. If you've got any way to estimate that, like, yep sit down and figure that out because you're dealing with people's livelihoods here. And unless you explicitly put in your job application that you are looking for only 10, 15 hours a week and you're looking to bring somebody on slow, uh, you know, this is a part-time role, like you've got to have them ready to work. Otherwise the expectations are going to be all out of, out of whack. Um, so yeah, I mean, whenever I feel, whenever you've got like 30 hours, of, and again, hard to estimate, but if you feel like you've got 30 hours a week of work for them, like go ahead, Good put an application point. out there. Yeah. You know, I feel like, I, you know, honestly, guys, I feel like I have a better answer to this. I know I do, and it's just not coming to me. So anyhow, maybe we can revisit that. But as far as like the how, I think there's a lot of good ways to do that. I think a good website that I've had a lot of success with is just getting super tactical here is talent.hubstaff.com, free job board. The incentive for them for to make it free is hubstaff.com is a time tracker. Okay. So like, you know, you hire great them. Great tool, by the way. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So like I, it, it works out for them. I hire a bunch of people from there and then we end up using them for the time tracking as well. Mm -hmm. And they get an extra user there. So anyway, which is a brilliant like model, brilliant yeah. thing for them to offer for free. Uh, Upwork is also good. And then what I'd like to do in those applications, again, getting tactical, is I put a test at the end. Like, to be fully considered for this job, you have to, you know, can you please apply at, you know, zeusos.co slash whatever. Um, to that see if they're reading. Mm -hmm, that separates the people who are actually paying attention, <laughs> detail-oriented, yep. and just going beyond, like, Invested. the bare minimum, and not just putting out spam applications same thing, you put something out on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's crazy. You put out a job on LinkedIn, it'll have 70 applicants <laughs> in one day. Crazy. You know how many will actually apply on your website and fill out the full application? One. Maybe one. Most times, zero. Like, because LinkedIn has a way to, like, easy apply, right? Yeah, just tap to apply. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, like, a good thing to put in there to, to really weed people out. And then from there, you know, you might have, like, five or ten people that you want to usually like ten is a good pull maybe seven to ten is a good range like of people to interview mm -hmm. you know you shouldn't just interview two people for the job and then you 
make the hire. And then you, further, like, you shouldn't just hit it off with them once and then hire them. Oh, my gosh. So many times <laughs> I have hit it off with somebody in the first interview. And then I invite them to the second interview, which in that book is called the top grading interview, which is much more in depth, takes about an hour, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes less, depending on how wordy the person is. Um, and they just utterly fail it, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. And I'm like, there you go. Like, that's why you do your due diligence. So, yeah, that's the, the, the long and short of it, the tactical of, Very of tactical. hiring. Yeah. I love it, bro. When you're hiring somebody, do you care more about a culture fit or skills? Oh, yeah. The culture <laughs> fit. Absolutely. Like, oh, there, there's so many people that they have the requisite skills, Christian, but their attitude just isn't there. Like, they're not bringing the right energy. They're just going through the motions on the interview. Like, they just don't have the right energy. Like, can you envision them with your team mm. in a team meeting? However small that team meeting may be. Maybe you're only three or four people. Like, can you picture vibing with them in the team meeting? Yes or no? Yeah. If there's hesitation there, like, don't hire them. Yeah. Because... They can be as skilled, it's cliche, but like they can be as skilled as, as could possibly be. But if they're not a culture fit yeah. and they have a, you know, a, okay, subpar attitude, then that's going to bring the whole so team if, down. If you vibe with someone, but they bomb the technical interview, mm. are you still like, I could teach this kid all the skills he's messing up on right now? Or? Yeah, I, I would say for the most part. Um, however, what I like to do, Christian, is I like to hire someone who I think maybe they had some past skills or they studied something in college or, or maybe who they were as a kid or what they liked doing kind of translates nicely to the role. Yep. As an example, one of the recent people I hired and it's to be determined how it works out because he's only on week two, but I'm hiring for a technical role, basically like a technical admin. He doesn't have any experience in Zapier, Make, Airtable, ClickUp, like none of that. No, he's never worked in an agency before. In fact, he's straight out of college. Like mm -hmm. really, he's been a voice actor and an aviation mechanic. <laughs> and then he got a degree in, in that as well, aviation mechanics. That's cool. And so I was like, okay, this is, and he was telling me about, you know, how he got into that and, you know, his interest as a child and with computers. And I was like, okay, this has a high likelihood to translate or to this, to the role here. He's got a high potential to develop the, the way that I need him to develop. Yeah. I so I, it's not like completely, you know, um, yeah. Irrelevant. Yeah. Makes sense. I love that. I feel like you could always go back to, like you said, childhood interests, like where they come from. Like you're always good in sports, which I feel like is common for sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah, I would say so for sure. What and did I you play? Football? Football, looks like, football yeah. basketball, and lacrosse mm. growing up. Mainly football. That was my uh, my primary sport. I was convinced I was going pro. Mm. <laughs> Didn't plan out, and I just sell stuff online for these guys. <laughs> Man, I'd love to play basketball with you guys. Oh, it's a good time. So fun. Me and Christian still play a couple times a week. Usually, play pickup. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I love sports. I'm like the most competitive person there. Really? I've been thinking recently. This is my obsession of the weekend. <laughs> 
my girlfriend surprised us with a pickleball set. Oh, we nice. have in our neighborhood, there's pickleball courts. So we've been playing. I'm like, dude, I always wanted to be a professional athlete. <laughs> I always wanted to be an athlete, a star athlete. And uh, why not just create the, the league? Like put it on YouTube, have like a really dope scoreboard, scoreboard like TNT, like make it like that, <laughs> right? Um, and like just be mic'd up with a Rode wireless <laughs> mic. And I'm hilarious when I'm playing these games. Like, <laughs> I do, I like my sense of humor. That's one of the things that I really like yeah. about myself um, from that it stems in childhood. I, I won class clown award in fourth grade. Like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm funny. I think it would hit. I th and it would just be a lot of fun, too. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Like Pickle Bush Ball League, Ball you know? Ball. Yeah, Bush yeah. League. That, there's a good name for you right there. Yeah. Bush <laughs> League Pickleball. I feel like yeah. that'd go super viral. <laughs> yeah. People love that. It could work. Get um, get Jake Trinder or Eamon to yeah. to edit those. <laughs> oh my the, god! What would the titles be like? <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pickleball is a lot of fun, dude. You gotta uh, you gotta stay active. I feel like outside of business, especially yeah. just doing some some other stuff. Mm. One thing I actually wanted to, to get into conversation with you about was I think it was maybe the past six months or so you've been traveling mm. like all over. Um, and I think that's, you know, speaks a lot to your ability to build a business that, you know, you're not so involved in fulfillment, building a team that's there for you and you're traveling around a different time zone. Yeah. And so maybe talk about your experience traveling um, mm. as, you know, an entrepreneur. Yeah, up until um, May of this year for context, uh, for the listeners, I wasn't in the United States. Like, my this is my first time in the United. This is my first time, rather, back home. I've been home in my Welcome home, home bro. for five days, and it's it's nice to walk into your house and just like, wow, you know, <laughs> it feel it's got a different feel. Yeah, you know, we were in some places that were pretty homey, but nothing beats home. So that's nice, but. Um, yeah, where do we want to go here? Yeah, I traveled all what was year. The best, what was the top spot? Uh, Montenegro. As I was, I was showing you pictures earlier of Kotor Bay. Just look up Kotor Bay. Really, in my opinion, the most beautiful place on earth. At the very least, the most beautiful place that I've ever been. Went on some sick hikes. Um, just the color of the water, the, the Mediterranean. So oh beautiful. my gosh, it's. Like I said, one of the most beautiful areas. Um, that was my favorite place. And, like, logistically, like, what is the best way to travel, would you say? Were you doing, like, Airbnbs? Were you hopping on flights? Yeah. Like yeah. Always, uh, for the most part, I think Airbnbs. Uh, I think maybe there was a hotel or two sprinkled into there. But we don't... We At a hotel, you know, you don't get the, the amenities and the, the space that you get at an Airbnb. Yeah. Um, and we like to cook and have healthy habits that way. So cooking at home is the easiest way to eat healthy. And so we would always do Airbnbs and have a nice kitchen and all that sort of thing. Now, we would do a country per month. I find that that's like the, the perfect amount of time Interval. in a country. And then we would fly to the next country. So we went... Yeah, we went from Portugal, flew to Spain, and then flew to Italy, and then flew to 
Turkey where we got a canceled connecting flight, and then it was <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. And then um, then Montenegro flew there. Um, it's more stressful when you have to take public transportation. Yeah, you know when you have to get on a flight. Like those are the stressful travel days. Once we got into Montenegro, we had a car rented for like eight euros a day, man. <laughs> it was awesome. Like solid car is a, yeah. a Citroen. Yeah, yeah, French, France, French-made car. It was it was smooth. I, I liked the way it drove. We also had a minivan too that was not smooth at all, and that was not fun to drive. But anyway, much easier getting around. We we basically went all over all over the country of Montenegro and all That's over cool. Albania. Um, much easier to travel without having to do public. So when you don't have to do public transit. For anyone listening that doesn't have, you know, mm. to me it sounds like you went from. Portugal to Spain to Italy to Montenegro, that's a lot of money to travel. Mm. So what are ways you can save while you're traveling? Ways you can save? Save money, yeah. Mm. Well, I don't, I don't pride myself on being a scrimper and saver. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah, just Not make, exactly. Just make more money. <laughs> uh, however, like, things are just more affordable in Europe. Yeah. You know, that car for eight euros, eight a, euros day, a day. Um, the multiple that I've been telling people and, and that I've calculated is... Things in Montenegro and Albania, when you compare it to the United States, the United States are three to five, sometimes six times more expensive. Just about everything. The exceptions are health and fitness products, gas, which is twice as expensive. It's like $7 mm. per gallon. At least it was. Of course, they do euros per liter. So it, look, it says like 184. You're like, oh, it's cheap. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's crazy. So... Then there's also things that swing the other way, like um, things that are 10 times more expensive in the United States than those countries. But anyway, um, I think Airbnb is like a really good way to do it, especially when you do like a long-term stay. You know, in Spain, we stayed in the same place for 30 days. You get a discounted monthly rate for that. And it's really convenient too, because you don't got to pick up and travel every week, which we did do in other countries. It's a give and take, because obviously you want to, see a lot of the country yeah. but you, you in spain it was nice because we did put our clothes in a closet we weren't living out of a suitcase we were in one place but yeah i think airbnb honestly is very affordable especially in these other countries and and just by nature it's way more affordable than the united states i'm coming back here and it's not like not being able to afford it it's like it is sticker shock on just about everything yeah. Yeah. We would get $5 of produce every single day off the streets in Albania or Montenegro. And it's super fresh. Isn't the food yeah. quality there just much better? It's amazing. Yeah. And they I can't verify this, but they say, like, just naturally everything's organic. Like, they don't yeah. use pesticides in that country. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I believe it just yeah. based off how I felt mm. after eating there compared to here. Mm. Lebanon, you're... Oh, you're talking yeah. about yeah, Lebanon, Dubai. Yeah. We were in Portugal last year nice. as well, which was amazing. Nice. Yeah, it's like they've optimized the supply chain here too yeah. much, to the it's, point where now if you get fruit, it's from like, you know, if if you get uh, lemons, it could be from California. There's yeah. no way it can get from California to Florida mm. without spraying a bunch of shit on it. Yeah. So but, it's it's just all gone downhill from here, and there's so many yeah. chemicals that are banned mm. everywhere else that are just commonplace in the United States. Totally. But it's crazy to think about. But totally. uh, what did a day in the life look like when you were over in Europe running the business? Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that was that something where like you're working eight hour days? Or? Oh no! Like literally, we just usually I'm an early riser. 
But we were waking up. We were waking up 8 o'clock there, um, which is sometimes 9. We were waking up naturally. Usually we don't do mm. that. Usually, oh, my gosh, I love uh, health and fitness is my passion, or it used to be. That okay. was another past life. That was my first thing I ever did, really? personal trainer, yeah. But I wake up most mornings here to a sunrise alarm clock. Yeah, you know, gradual light stimulation over what? a period of 60 minutes. Is that on Amazon? <laughs> it is, and it's $40. I don't think the price has increased in a, in a few years. I would check out. There's about 100 different brands. It's like all <laughs> produced in China. You got and, a referral like, link? I don't. <laughs> AMZN.2. <laughs> I, I have that for built to sell, yeah, there you <laughs> which go. I don't have memorized. But anyway, but um, yeah, so I wake up to that here, but the, a day in the life over there. Wake up eight nine o'clock, um, work out, read, not in that order. Read and then work out, and then that takes us to about ten o'clock most mornings. And then we'll, if we're in a city, we'll hit the streets, and we will walk around the Explore. city and have good eats. We didn't. We weren't incredibly healthy while we were over there. <laughs> we experienced the food. It was awesome. So do that until like three o'clock and then uh, that's nine o'clock eastern time so yeah we would just like life came first which was so cool it wasn't wake up work out work it was wake up live life for like eight hours and then do some work it was nice yeah yeah sounds super nice bro yeah i'm like getting all like Peaceful and calm, listen. <laughs> I, I liked my schedule there. It, yeah. I think it's, I think it's quite conducive to happiness. Yeah. Now there's downsides. You could argue, oh, you know, you're you're wasting your mental or decision making power <laughs> the first seven hours of the day, and when you get there at three o'clock, you're not as fresh. I didn't notice that to be the case, but I did think about that. Like, hmm, is there a case for that? But anyway. Or if you need to talk to a client on the West Coast, it's going to be... Those were hard. Yeah. Those were hard. Yeah. It was... I didn't have to do that very often, but the, yeah. I actually have um, a sales rep, though, who is on the West Coast. Nice. So my 6 o'clock was his 9 o'clock. So I would... We, we'd have 6 o'clock calls. Check-ins. That was a downside. Yeah. That's super convenient, though. Just yeah. lining up the time zones like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that, dude. So what was your favorite spot? Montenegro. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, so, oh, I, so like, top three cities you yeah, visited. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So I was just saying to my girlfriend on the way here that my favorite city was a city called Tirana. I say Tirana? that. Everyone thinks I say like Toronto. <laughs> it's it's Tirana. T-I-R-A-N-A. And it... It's a big city, very much like New York City in the middle of Albania. Not many, not a ton of people in the country of Albania, not very, pretty sparsely populated. But in that city, there's a million people. Oh, wow. It's a, I, which I think is about, I could be wrong, could be very wrong, but I think it's about a third of the size of New York City. So it's like, it's 20 times bigger than Tampa, dude. Wow. It's huge. And we stayed in a really cool area called Bloku. B-L-L-O-K-K-U. -L -L Bullock. And 
that is, if you don't know the history of Albania, it's quite interesting. Communism, one of the, it's really the most paranoid, anxious, crazy country of the 20th century. Um, look up some YouTube videos. It's interesting. Like they would put, the, the leader would put, uh, and Enver Hoxha, he, he planted microphones in fields across the country. There's 70,000 bomb bunkers. As you're driving across the country, like you just see bomb shelters everywhere, like bunkers, Whoa. these black bunkers. Like it was all uh, paranoid. And it was cut, very much cut off from the outside world, very much like, I guess, North Korea today. Mm. So I guess, uh, anyway, that's off topic. I was going to talk about, oh, that's inspiring for North Korea, right? Like, <laughs> maybe they could break out of it one day. But anyway, Tirana was a really cool city. Um, the Blaku neighborhood is where the communist elite used to live, and it was taped off. You couldn't get in there if you were a regular citizen until after the 90s when the regime fell. So it's now very, it's very modern and, and very classy. That's and cool. Um, yeah, really just a cool area. Other city, Montenegro is my favorite country, but they're, they don't really have big cities at all. So then from there, I would say Rome. Rome. The Casal Pepe, <laughs> the Carbonara. Like, we don't have real Casal Pepe, real Carbonara. Like, we don't have that stuff over here. It's not, it, it, it's very different over there. It's very salty. Oh, I love it. Really yeah. good. I love the food there. And then we went into like Florence and Siena and I was thinking, oh, this whole month is going to be heaven when I was in Rome <laughs> for that first week. Turns out the cuisine is different in every okay. region. So when we got up into the Tuscany region, which was Florence, it's mostly all sandwiches, which were fire, like no <laughs> doubt. Very good. Best sandwiches ever. But I'm a pasta guy. Pasta guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was I was in heaven for a week and then it ended. <laughs> so Rome and then Madrid awesome city yeah. highly recommend it Madrid specifically if anyone's thinking of going there the Las Letras neighborhood it's where writers like Ernest Hemingway oh, that's cool. and, and um, whoever wrote Don Quixote I forget his name but a very famous Hispanic mm. Spanish fable very famous book but um, yeah oh yeah Miguel de Cervantes or something anyway writers <laughs> used to Right there and live there. Yeah. Well, you were a writer. I know you talked about that a lot Forgot on your podcast. Do you still write? I don't. And I think maybe once a month, I reminisce and dream of getting back to it because I I do get in flow writing. Yeah. That was some of the best times of my life have been writing for seven hours a day wow like, Sheesh. yeah that was some of the best but do you have a couple I books would you write yeah um <laughs> i and i yeah andre can relate we've talked about we talked andre and i talked about this last year on a podcast that we did <laughs> that we um yeah it's an interesting relationship that i have with with my with the books that I wrote, you know, mm. cause I look back on them and I kind of cringe. Yeah. Like I'm a 21 year old. Maybe I was even 20 when I wrote a book called growth mindset university. That of course was the name of the podcast too. I'm writing a self help book and I'm 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the most cringe thing I've ever done. So I think <laughs> about, un I think about unpublishing that stuff, dude. Like mm. I, I really think about that at least once a month. 
The other book was a little more tactical. I don't cringe about that. That's called the podcast playbook. Um, that. I just got the self-awareness yeah. to actually look back on that and be like, eh, it probably wasn't the best idea in hindsight. Wasn't but the best. you develop that muscle yep. for the next yep. time that you do want to go write a book. And it was a period of self-discovery, too. Yeah. Like, things were pouring out of me that I had, I had no, no idea. I was developing my own personal philosophy. So it was a helpful personal exercise to write a 163-page book, but <laughs> not, not one that's maybe beneficial for other people or... or Nothing that really serves your bank account or anything like that. Yeah, yeah the book is crazy, dude. Yeah. That journey is like, it's a lot. Christian you wrote, wrote one too. Christian wrote one too. Whoa. Yeah. I know about yours. What the heck kind of book did you write? Mine was when? all about networking. I was wow. 19, 20. <laughs> oh. And what do you, what's your relationship with it? What I, do you think about it? I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, if you hand it to a college kid, you could learn mm. how to network. Totally. You know. People don't understand like how to give a firm handshake anymore. It's mm. kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Mm. And it was basically just how we connected with a lot of people for the podcast, like eighteen-year-old kids landing big guests, like how to network over email, LinkedIn. Yeah. Nurture your relationships, that kind of stuff. That's awesome, man. I think I feel like this is. It's, it's an odd, as I described to you last year, it's an odd, and rare like fraternity of yep. sorts to be in. People who wrote books as 20-year-olds. Us three here. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Probably a tiny fraternity, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I was texting Cam earlier, and we were talking uh, about the book. He's like, yeah, I got to join that club. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 just wait a couple of years. Totally. <laughs> no Dude, rush. I plan on, like, doing it again because it is enjoyable. Um, but, like, I'm giving that at least a 10, 20-year time horizon mm -hmm. until I even start thinking about that. Do you ever go back and listen? Like I was today going back and listening through some of your episodes mm. from the podcast. Mm. And we do this sometimes with Real Talk University, mm. too. And obviously there's moments where it's cringe. Yeah. But there's also moments where you hear something and at the time in the moment didn't really hit. You didn't really fully grasp or understand it. But now today with all the life experience you have, it's like, whoa, that was, you know, like a knowledge bomb. You ever have that? Honestly, guys, I avoid it. You avoid it? I'm very uh, avoidant of of that whole, just really that whole period. Mm. I don't listen to anything. <laughs> I, just do. Yeah. I, I cannot, I haven't listened to an episode in many years. I, I've been thinking, of, sometimes I think about it. Specifically, I think about listening to my conversation with like Robert Greene. Yep. He's my... You're going to ask me the question in the, the lightning round, of, you know, who, who do you most want to have dinner with? Like, He's Robert Greene's the number one. Yeah. So you follow, like, the stoic philosophy pretty much? Yeah. Um, more so, like, human nature, human behavior. Mm. It's my thing. It's That's kind of the, cool. the lens I, at which I look at the world through. Very yeah. cool. Have you guys read, like, any of the, um, any of his books? Yeah, I'm reading. There's the daily one now. Yeah, the daily, the daily law. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. It's like a little snippet every day. Yeah. And he, the thing that he does really well that you're starting to do in this podcast is you'll bring in like stories and people like you're talking mm. about the writers in these cities. And I just think that's the coolest thing. Mm. Just makes it so much more interesting. Yeah. I think it's called like, you could call it conversational threading. Mm. You know, you can answer a question. Hey, Jordan, what do you think about this? Oh, I think this. Or like, you can answer a yes and no question as, oh, yes. But then, like, add in a couple more things, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, and, and 
I like this country and, you know, it was my favorite city because like, you know, this and we did this here. And like, there's more things for the, the person who asked the question to then go off of. Yep. Whereas like, if you just kind of give a plain answer, like the conversation kind of dies. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. I love that. Robert Greene is good. Um, so you have, I was saw you shaking your head. No, you haven't dove into any of his work. No, I haven't. How many books you have would, you read? You would love it. Ask him how many books he's read. Uh, ever. I swear. One I, of those I guys. I think I've only <laughs> ever read one book in my entire wow. life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much a skim through the book, find the information, yeah. go from there. And then also audiobooks. Like, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. I must have read like 90% of it. It's like an impressive thing. Wow. <laughs> must yeah. have. Must have. I thought you were gonna say I read it like nine times. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> nine that's, new that's percent. Book that, bro. <laughs> Audiobooks uh, are cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I've always been uh, like even in school when I was a young kid. Like I think I was the first person in our grade to discover Cliff Notes. Mm. <laughs> I was very much just like get it done, get it done, find the information, like extract it. Efficient. I'll read book yeah. summaries. I just don't read books. I'm getting into it now though. Reading a really good book that I'm enjoying. Mm. Uh, by Oren Clough called Flip the Script, mm. which I'd highly recommend for anybody in sales. And he's an extremely entertaining writer. So I think I'm going to finish that, but I don't want to spoil it. I'm like 90 pages in, which is like Bro. not even a joke, like the furthest I've been in like three <laughs> years. <laughs> Starting a book. We like, debate you on this. Here? I'm like, I'm all of, you know, everyone's all about inputs. You guys talk about inputs, focus on inputs. I think it's yep. like a book or something. I think of like, I'm calling you out. Yeah. I feel like not finishing a book is a bad input it's like a not finishing what you started yeah type thing like even now i take it to an extreme where like i hurt myself in that i finish a bad book that is not beneficial to me mm, just to because, finish it yeah like i waste time finishing books sometimes mm. yeah anyhow well you know what happens with me most of the time if it's like the subject matter is related to what i'm doing in life i'll go through the book then I'll start implementing it in my own life, and I'll just forget about the book. Whereas I, I'd rather do yeah. that than be like some of the other guys sure. where you're talking about their business. They're like, yeah, you know, one client, 1K a month, been at this for a year and a half. But and, I read all these books. But I've, I know all the books, though. I've read yeah, Think yeah, and Grow yeah. Rich 20 times. Well, yeah. you're still poor, so it's like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess there's like two sides of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather be on my like side I'm than that. Oh, yeah, no, you're, you're doing just fine. Yeah, yeah I'm, you're I'm definitely more of an audiobook person, but <laughs> there is something therapeutic. I, don't know, I was going to say, reading is like therapeutic. Yeah. I don't even yeah. really enjoy like business books per mm. se. Like, it's not even the stuff I enjoy to read. It's mm. just a different medium, too. Like, I love podcasts, I consume mm. tons of podcasts. Same. Right? Yeah. So, if I see somebody who's like renowned for writing a great business book, I'm going to listen to a bunch of their podcasts and try to get a lot of the information there just because that's more, I don't know, that's, that's more entertaining for me. Mm. It's something that I yeah. actually will see through. Yeah. That's actually so. a good question for you. It's like, for me, at each season of my life, like when we were doing the podcast, like you were legit someone that we looked up to, mm. Gary Vee. Like there's always been people that are doing things that I try to almost embody or, or be like. Who are those people for mm. you? I know you mentioned Robert Greene. Who else would you say in this season of your life? Yeah. I think I used to look up to people too much as like false gods. Mm -hmm. and I, I, would, I would really idolize people a little bit too much. So I, I don't know if I can say that there's anyone I really look up to at this point in time. I like that. That's a I, very honest answer. Yeah. If I had to 
I would probably say someone in our space. Um, I don't. I don't know exactly who, but I know that there's people. There's people in our space that I do really respect for sure. Yeah. I like that. I mean, yeah, like. Sitting across from them. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Likewise, like, likewise. I, would, I guess I would call you one of them. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I Appreciate feel like it's more healthy to look up to people for specific qualities as opposed to, like, idolizing them as a person. Mm. Like, absolutely, they can do no absolutely. wrong. That's where you usually get into murky waters. Yeah. Like, I look up to one of my team members, Christine, for the simple reason that she never overshares she is so professional mm. and me as a serial oversharer <laughs> like i probably like literally before we started this podcast i overshared like that's classic me i share things sometimes that don't need to be shared and sometimes shouldn't be shared mm. oh my gosh i'm striving to be like her i feel like in certain situations yeah but, like, in situations yeah. like this, I feel like relationship building is more so about, like, vulnerability. Yeah. Right? Sure, sure. And it just helps us to be it's, closer, yeah. Look, man, it's, it's hard um, in this season of life that I'm in right now because I've been burned. Yeah. Very recently, you know, within the past, you know, 6 to 12 calendar months. So I'm at a... You know, it's hard for me to be a little bit vulnerable because I don't know who's really I don't know on who your I can side, trust. Right? Mm. I'm, you know, because of, and I don't know if this is the best message to hear. It, it, it's, it's good and it's bad. It's a double-edged sword. But, you know, my girlfriend's, you know, kind of putting in my ear, like, reminding me, because I am an oversharer. Like, you don't know who you can trust. And I think that there's a lot of truth to what she's saying. But I also think that... Um, I have to be careful to not lose a part of who I am because I'm not willing to share and get vulnerable with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I feel like we've done a ton of reminiscing on this <laughs> podcast so before. Dang, and yeah, yeah. And you just, <laughs> just shared like, with everybody that, like, hey, you're kind of at a season in your life where you had to start over, which did. in a way is exciting. So on the bright side of that, I would like to talk about what's next for you. And, like, where do you want to go these next three years? I know that you don't want to throw out any, like, crazy goals or promises because, once again, that's not uh, – I don't know if that's necessarily helpful, but, like, in the immediate future, what are you looking to accomplish? What are you looking to tackle? That's a good question. I wouldn't say that I really have – The of course I have – you know, EOS, quarterly rocks and issues list, annual goals, three-year <laughs> goals, five-year picture. I got all that. But I don't know. I don't really – it's not something I'm really think of, thinking about for better or worse, to be honest. Um, of course, I'm – you know, I think that you should build any business to be able to sell it, whether you want to sell it or not, because I think it's just malpractice if you're not building a business Absolutely. that's built to sell and built to last, built to scale without you. Um, a durable business. Uh, but at the same time, like, I don't know if this is a business Zeus. It's so core to who I am. I don't know if it is one that I am eventually going to want to sell. So I, I don't know if that's really in the plans, uh, but really the goal, man, it's just to continue having fun and obviously continue growing the business and 
uh, just continue to become a, a thought leader in the agency systems and operations I like become a thought leader realm in the agency because I'm fucking smart. Yeah. I love the way my brain works. And I, I, it's just so, because it's so connected to my childhood and the way my brain works, it's so in flow with who I am and what I do, like they're so interlocked. Um, because of that, I have a lot of gifts and I have a lot to share and I'm stepping up the sharing now. Like I'm making an effort to what do is that, that more, like? more podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, like just express your uniqueness and what you have within you. I think much of the past two years I've like, I've been in a not sharing mode. I was going to say you reeled it back, right? Yeah. Kept it to yourself. Yeah. Like I basically called Turkey's top podcasting for almost two years. Wow. And without any update to people who listened. Like, yeah, they're like, where'd you go? Did right. you die? <laughs> like, yeah. COVID. <laughs> so I'm in a, I'm in a giving sharing mood. I'm like ready that. to put myself out there again. I like that. It's like a, it's a second rise. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, yeah. I think that's the answer right there. Yeah. yeah. The, the second I, and I've been ascending, you know, I had a really, um, I would say starting two, two and a half years ago, I went through like a really dark period where I was really, really very lost. Um, so I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't know who I was. Didn't know what I liked to do in the realm of business. And you know, it's been a process of self-discovery. And during that period, you know, I guess I would say I was very much depressed. And like in the sense that I just didn't want to share. Um, yeah. Now, what do you bring this time around this second time of mm. putting yourself out there mm. given like all the learnings yeah. you had the first time around yeah um i it's like it's so cringy to say but it's like a different i'm still not as humble as i should be but it's a different there's a different level of humility to it because mm -hmm. again like Obviously, I still have work to do because here I am talking about how humble I am now. But I comparatively, relatively compared to who I was two, three years ago, like way, Huge way, growth. way, a lot of growth in that area. So I think that's the big difference that helps you to see things more clearly, be more vigilant. It's yeah. very uh, mm -hmm. biblical. You mm -hmm. know, it's like minimize uh, yourself to, to maximize really the... It's not you, it's the message yeah. that's most important, right? Yeah. And like you said, you have, you, <clears throat> you have real value to share. Yeah. And it's almost like selfish in a way to keep that all to yourself, right? Yeah. And so like keeping yourself not at the forefront, mm. maybe, I think is, is such a cool way to approach it. It's just making the message, you know, putting that in the spotlight. Yeah. So. Just sharing the insights, the stories. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I like that. It feels like you found your purpose in a way. Definitely. And I know that uh, this is funny, but me and Andre ran into this random guy at the airport who overheard us or overheard me on like a back end sales call. And he just started asking me questions like press me on why I did this, why mm. did that. And it was a very helpful conversation because right when the guy answered, I could tell that he really knew his shit. Mm. But the way he framed it was perfect. He was like, people in the beginning have a finance problem. Once you solve that finance problem, they then have a time problem. Then people. once you solve that time problem, they usually have a purpose problem. Mm. Like that's usually the sequence of what it goes through. Like mm. agency, for example, I've got no money. Now I work with these guys over at Klein Ascension. They show me how to fill my calendar with leads, close all these deals. Now I got a time issue with your content, with Andre's content. We show them how to solve that time issue. Then you may yeah. have a purpose issue. 
Yeah. Right? So it's... What do you do with that free time now? Like, why am I doing this in the first place? And why place? am I doing this? Yep. And, yeah. And it's crazy, like, oh, I think about this a lot. This really banks off of what you're saying. You work so much for so long. You think, oh, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to work really hard for a couple of years, make my money, and, you know, be done. But what happens is your hobbies atrophy. And you forget what it is you even like like what do you even do outside of work yeah and that's a tough place to be so it's like you know i get people freedom we build freedom literally and then they don't know what to do with it and unfortunately <laughs> i'm not a life coach that's the next problem is yours to figure out yeah <clears throat> that's the purpose problem that you're talking about i know i've been asked that on like two podcasts you're like oh okay you got the business you got this you got that what else do you do i'm like Kind of just that. Kind of just the business. So let me ask you guys this. What is next for you three? Well, three out of the four co-founders here of Client Ascension. Where do you guys see yourself in three years? Christian? (laughs) Make it a gold standard for online education. Yeah. And well on your, too, like kind of already. Yeah, biggest thing, dude, I would say for me is like, and I always say this, but it's not like a direct answer, but it's just more events. And you signed up for the London event, right? Last let's, minute, yeah. Let's go, bro. I was going to be hype. We're yeah. so excited for London. Yeah. But, like, more of that. More of this. Like, mm. sitting down and having conversations. Like, being able to connect with you after so many years online. Like, for me, that's where I told Christian, like, if I could podcast. And it's not even just podcasting that I love. It's just the in-person connection. Mm, dude. Like, the community aspect of yeah. it. That's what about fills that. my heart, dude. I was thinking this on the way up here, too, because I had a lot of time to think because it was a two-hour drive from yeah. where I'm from. I, I do, uh, I have to admit, I envy your guys' life here in Tampa because a lot of the people are here. Move here, bro. Well, I've got <laughs> roots, man. I've got, I am a homeowner. <laughs> I am a homeowner down down south there. Of course, I can rent it out and mm. all that stuff. But only two hours away, bro. It's only two hours away, but and I do plan on. I, I would like to be hanging out more in Tampa this Absolutely. summer for sure. We should definitely play basketball, basketball, pickleball, make a <laughs> make a do you make a day out them? of it. I don't. No, I don't. But I'm we'll down to learn. Yeah, I do. It's funny. My house. I gotta send you a picture of my backyard. Golf I live on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's right there. My, wow. I go out on my deck in the morning, and I, you know, 7 a.m., the <laughs> there's temp- the golfers. You hit the temple with a slice, <laughs> and you're dead. Yeah, man. But anyway, I feel like I'm, you know, by going and traveling and for six months at a time, and by living in, you know, Naples, Florida, like, I feel like I'm on an island. Yeah. You know, it's not a big... You know, Naples not a city where a bunch of young people yeah. who think alike are. I mean, like it's I'm hard pressed to meet other entrepreneurs. Well, we got a dinner and you're gonna meet a bunch of them. Right exactly. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just more of that, dude. And we're here. We're yeah. doing it. So, but I feel the same way. To be honest, like my perspective is like I'm not doing enough of it. And then you hear people that are like, yeah, like you envy it or like it looks like you're doing a lot. And I don't know. I don't like to play like the comparison game. Yeah. But like. Yeah. It's just, that's why my head immediately goes to, like, more events. Because, like, I just need more of that. Yeah. I want more of that. And you guys are doing such a service to the community mm. and just the whole, the yeah, our community and just people in general by putting on 
these events because especially since you know the thing that shall not be named happened in that year a couple of years ago and <laughs> the world just went <laughs> the world went remote and in a lot of ways more efficient you know for the better but yeah. there's been a um, lost sense of community dude absolutely it's and it's a great tragedy that i don't feel like it's being talked about enough yeah well i feel like the fallout is is happening it's now. happening and a lot of people are not self-aware enough to realize it mm. i feel like so many people are i'm still stuck in the covid bubble dude like i'm working from my bedroom every single day and i feel like before yeah, covid yeah. that wasn't the norm at all mm. like you go to like different places like yeah i don't know yeah, man. You know, I honestly dream about sometimes. Like, obviously, I have a ver I have a worldwide team, like as we all do. I do dream about though having going into an office dude, and hanging out dude. with my people Absolutely. every day. It would be so fun. I'm meant to do that. Yeah. I think. I put out a tweet about that. I said one of my main goals in life is to buy like a sick office and yeah. have the entire team there. Like that yeah. just be the coolest thing. You know why? Because I feel like there's a level, there's just a level of vulnerability that happens in person. Absolutely. That doesn't happen over Zoom or Google Meet. It's, I have to say, it's a little bit more awkward. I think, yeah, it's just, it's just awkward. Because there's nowhere to hide, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love being here. I, and I love, I just love being with people and I, and um. I think it would. I think I could really take things to the next next level if I had a, like an in person team where we were just doing the the shit every day. That'd be so together. Cool, you guys have that. I, your executive teams here. Yeah. You know, Enough not everybody, Enough but of it. yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, more of it for sure. Mm. That's kind of the path I think for me at least to answer your your mm. initial question. But yeah, I was gonna say, Mike answer that question of like hey what's next for client ascension mm -hmm. what do you want to do what's the purpose long term i feel like for me and christian has said this a couple times on twitter like we want to be the greatest online education company in history i want to have just like the most baller group of alumni ever meaning oh. like not only do i want to be the best company in the space but i want to see what everybody else does with their business because i yeah. legitimately think and like me growing up, you know, the one book I read was zero to one <laughs> yeah. about the PayPal mafia. Like I want to see a client ascension mafia yeah. of just like That's killers cool. that go on yeah. to do really special things There's... and just stay in touch with those people mm. by having events, making those in-person connections stronger. Because once you get to a certain point, I feel like it's going to be a video game. Like I want to yeah, yeah. be at a point where 20 years down the line, I'm buying a coffee shop with a client ascension alumni member just for the fuck of it. Cause I want coffee and yeah. there's no good coffee place around me. Yeah. Like stuff like that is kind of uh I guess, like, my long-term vision, what I would like to see come to reality. You guys are building, like, a Roman empire <laughs> of sorts that are going to have descendants for ages. Yeah, Think about just, impact. We just, we just hope it it's collapses cool. yeah. after we're gone. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. We that wouldn't off. be good. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I mean, even if, you know, the business does, like, I'm, ta I'm talking about, like, the, the knowledge and the impact. The like, I don't know a bigger... I don't really know a bigger community in this space. Maybe there is. I don't know. But you yeah. guys are, are putting your stamp on the future is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Appreciate it. That. You're yeah. on that stamp, bro. Seriously, you have such an impact on the community. You don't even know it. What I thought was cool, Louis Shulman, 
with, he was screen sharing with me the other day. I'm not in this channel for some reason. It's the Cosmo preview. Okay. Which is like... The AI. Yeah, that has basically programmed all of the client ascension coaches knowledge into it yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he was like louis was typing out like is it louis or lewis i only met him once shoot i don't I hope i'm not I'd saying say lewis okay yeah, it's lewis. okay it's probably I, I, lewis okay yeah. anyway very sorry lewis anyhow <laughs> it's like the rule number one in um how to win friends and influence people. Don't get someone's name wrong. <laughs> I just ruined my relationship with Lewis. Right? <laughs> anyway, he was showing me like, he was like, who's Jordan Paris? Who's the system? Like, Jordan, he does this. He talks about this. I'm like, dang, that's cool. Yeah. You're in there, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll do a lot more together too. I got to so. make TikTok history and be the first host to walk off. I'm about to pee myself. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Dude, I so, was wondering, you guys do long podcasts. Like, what happens when someone needs to use the facilities, man? Well, it's diaper, typically. Mm. With me and Andre, we're professionals. Um, he doesn't bring a diaper to the set. You want to do the landing round without uh, our fallen host over there? Yeah, yeah, please. Let's, uh, let's get this thing started while the podcast is the, the real three here. I'll Chris ask Christian's question that he yeah, typically asks, yeah, which is... a hard time sitting up in this chair. I know, man. I slouched down. I got to catch myself, Ooh. but... Um, if you could have dinner with any three people, <clears throat> who would they be and why? Got Robert Green. I would say then another one would be Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Because of his kingly aura and energy, he came from nothing. And however, he's getting kings and queens to grant his requests for funding for these voyages and... And for this crew, massive expense, massive journey, like, which is, and if you think about the, the absurdness of the idea crazy. The, of the venture back then, like, oh my gosh, uh, like crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go to places where people think you just fall off the earth. Yeah. <laughs> but give me a couple, you know, yeah. equivalent of a million dollars to do it. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Why did... Kings and queens feel so comfortable in his presence and grant him these witches. Uh, guys, this is a chapter. In, guys had a la uh, yeah. rough last uh, decade or so. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Whatever, though. You know, he's put his stamp on history. His name lives on. Like, that's something to really ad admire, I think. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, this is a chapter in the laws of human nature or, or, or 48 laws of power. It's... Um, Basically about having that that kingly that king like energy mm. that is so attractive. I think it's the uh, conviction. And yes, yes, totally. Yeah, it's your opinion of yourself has such a decided influence on who you are, what and what you do and can do in this world. So that's two out of three. The third might be. I'm not very good at this lightning, guys. No, <laughs> like thunder. Those, those, are, those are two. No, I mean, like, I'm going slow. <laughs> it's oh, no, not very really lightning like. Oh. The, the questions are lightning because we've done them a couple times. Yeah. But the, <laughs> answer, the answers can be, can be as slow oh, as you want. The third one, we got Robert Greene, Christopher Columbus, and then maybe like James Allen, which is the author of a book called As a Man Thinketh, which I was going to bring a copy for all of you today. And I forgot. Usually I always have it in my trunk to give to <laughs> people. Good one. What's the book? As a Man Thinketh 
Mm. One of the first, you know, self-help books back in 1904 or okay. 1903 is when it was published. <laughs> uh, it's just a 24-page absolute 24 manifesto. Pages. Oh, I could finish that for sure. You get it for like, <laughs> literally get it for $3.99 on Amazon, 24 pages. Um, I reread it multiple times per year. My highlights, it has broken the record for highlights in a book. Like, I've highlighted 75% of the book. It's so <laughs> powerful. The gist of it is... Listen to the episode with J.K. Molina. I think he was talking about this, but you are your thoughts. That's the gist of the book. Mm. So those Love are my three. Solid. I stole your question, Christian. That's fine. <laughs> if you could prepare one dinner for everyone close to you and to show off your <clears throat> cuisine knowledge, what would you yeah, do? Yeah, you know, at a company retreat back, um, back in November, or what was it, October... I made for everybody um, this unbelievable, I, I will show you a, a picture maybe sometime of this massive bed of homemade macaroni, beef macaroni and cheese <laughs> that I made. Oh, everybody loved, loved it. it. It was delicious. Best I ever made. And then tried to make it again for Thanksgiving and it didn't, it was a bad batch. I didn't do good, <laughs> but I made the best ever there. So. That would be part of it. And then uh, I would say, oh, I ate at a place called Restaurant Porat on the Mediterranean Sea in Montenegro in uh, Budva. Budva, Montenegro. And uh, I'll, I'll just go with that meal. Sea bass carpaccio, nice fresh fish. It's all fresher. You can't get fresh seafood in the United States. No, but on the Mediterranean. Yeah, you can. Mm. In I the New England. It, it's right off the boat. Oh, well, I haven't been to New England. Oh, but fair enough. Certainly. Naples? I've, mm, they probably import dude, that. No. Dude, like, there's no fresh fish in Naples, I'm telling That's you. Amazing, <laughs> Considering so, the people there. I had the freshest fish of my life in Europe. We would have it, like, every night. Same so, in Lebanon. They have it mm. on the ice bed, like the fish. Mm -hmm. and I was like, it's, yeah, yeah. It looks nasty, but you have it. It's just so yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, it's amazing. So good. So, sea bass carpaccio, appetizer. Fresh fish with some healthy vegetables and then a tiramisu, mm. uh, an Italian well tiramisu done. afterwards. That's yeah. my favorite dessert. Or, and or gelato. And or, there's one more thing. <laughs> Just chocolate in general. I love chocolate. <laughs> love chocolate. Yeah. That's awesome. I guess I'll steal your question since you stole, stole his. his. Everyone's stealing. If you could have, also I was just thinking we've got the best uh, title for this episode christian walks off the podcast if you could have one tweet where it's guaranteed that every single user on the platform sees it what would it be i think it'd be what i said earlier that your your opinion of yourself is what matters most that's the opinion that matters most because what you think about yourself, how you think about yourself in your head, your identity, your self-talk about yourself, that has a decided influence on who you are and what you do. And how you show up in the world. And how you show up, yeah. Yeah, love Absolutely, that. dude. That was a banger episode. And um, So fun. One thing that I definitely hope comes from this is just you putting yourself out there, sharing more value, mm. just sharing more of the knowledge and experiences you have with people outside of Klein Ascension, just mm. on YouTube, on Twitter, on all these socials. So where can our audience find you, follow you, and just learn about your journey? Yeah. 
It's interesting. I don't necessarily have like a go-to platform right now, but I would say at uh, Jordan T. Paris on Twitter. And then, uh, oh, you know, I've got a jordanparis.com is my personal site where you'll find a lot of my, all of my podcasts. You can search them. Uh, you can subscribe there. It's called Building Freedom with Jordan Paris. The name is obviously name. changed from Growth Mindset. Yeah, it's like complimentary of what I do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But like, I actually changed the name to that before I started this business. Oh, so right. like, I'm just very, I'm all about freedom. Freedom. Yeah, in every way. So, yeah, that's Freedom right. and flow. Yeah. I love it, dude. What's the YouTube? Because I know uh, you're going to be yeah. focusing there more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know when this will come out, but maybe by the time it comes out, I'll, there will be some some good videos there. I, dude, I have like 300 videos of like, <laughs> just like stuff that I uploaded back in the old podcast days. Nothing that really got views. But anyway, um, it's like youtube.com slash Jordan Paris. Perfect. Awesome. Dude, thanks so much Love for that. coming thanks on. Thanks for coming on, brother. Crushed it. Oh, good fun, guys. Appreciate Crushed it. That was just like a... Phenomenal.